What up, y'all? It's Jesse here, a.k.a. Jesse Prada, coming back at you with another episode on the Christ Convo podcast, where we inspire you to live the best way you can for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Listen, I hope this episode blesses you. Let's get into it, y'all. Yo, 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 what's going on, y'all? It's been so long saints i can't remember the last time i think it was like a month ago i did a podcast so it's definitely been a while um but i'm good to be back you know i'm glad to be back and i'm glad to be able to drop this episode for you all today um there's nobody in the room with me but i'm gonna just talk as if i'm having a conversation because i think that's just real authentic and candid but today I want to talk about temptation. Um, I know I did an episode on the temptation of a young minister, but specifically I want to relate to everyone a little bit because the temptation that we face has nothing to do with whether if we are called to preach on a pulpit, called to sing a song in a church, but if you are a child of God, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, temptation is going to be your portion. It's just something that we all deal with. It's just something that we all are going to face day in and day out. So I guess I want to start off with what is the definition of temptation and um, we'll kind of just flow from there. But basically, um, to put it simple, the definition of temptation would be a fleshly desire a fleshly motive that you have that um is against the nature of Christ so um for example uh <laughs> uh an example would be if somebody said something crazy to you a possible temptation for ones like me who were not speaking in tongues out the womb would be to cuss somebody out or would be to tell you how you really feel about them and speak in your own dialect of tongues, not the tongues of the Holy Ghost. But, um, yeah, so we all have temptations. And look, listen, y'all, like, I try to be as honest and transparent and open, you know, as as possible. You feel me? So I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm perfect, like I'm high and mighty. No human being. Listen, and I think that's the number that that's the number one thing that we have to remember, because I feel like this is one of the reasons why a lot of people deal with church hurt. A lot of people, you know, don't like coming to church. Um, and a lot of people are are truly disappointed when they don't necessarily have to be. And it's because of these high expectations that they have put on men and women of God. They put expectations on them that they should only put on the Christ. And so. You know, I know that when people get into a certain rank of society, especially if they are a spiritual leader, um, they may try to sit here and act like they don't deal with temptation. But I just want to remind everyone, if you are a human being, you have temptations. Um, and so I think it's important to acknowledge the fact that we have them so that we can confront them in a healthy way. I think that 
there has been so many um, unfortunate instances in the church previously, presently, and definitely futuristically as well. Um, because a lot of times people don't understand that in order to address the temptation, you may have to go to a deeper issue of something. So like the, the, the goal of Christ in the midst of your temptation is not to simply get you to not perform the act that you are tempted to do. But the goal is for you to recognize a dimension or a realm in Christ to realize that he will fulfill you more than the act of temptation that your flesh is being pulled towards. So like I say all the time, repentance, right? We hear the word repentance and we think turning away. And that is true. It's biblical to turn away from your sins. It's biblical to turn away from wickedness and evil deeds. But what I always say consistently is the problem is, is we turn away from sin, but then we don't turn to Jesus. And so the problem is, is we sin was used to fill our voids, right? Sin was used to fulfill our desires. But the problem is, is if we turn away from sin, but we don't replace sin, wickedness and debauchery with something greater, which is Jesus, which is the Holy Spirit, then we will fall back into the same cycle. So repentance is not just turning away, but it's turning too, right? And then also, I just want to encourage somebody as well. The process of sanctification is not an overnight thing. And so I think sometimes, especially in the church, we can, and I used to be like this too, so I, I can admit that I'm definitely guilty of this. But I think we'll be so focused on the fact that we want people to change that we don't um, honor and appreciate the Lord's, I'm sorry, I just hurt, I just um, was on my phone, sorry about that. But we we are so rushed in trying to get people to look a certain way, to act a certain way, and to not perform certain deeds or certain acts that we can't even appreciate the small things that the Lord does. So the 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 best illustration that I can give you, hold on one second, I'm going to move something. Okay, the best illustration that I can give you is the illustration of the prodigal son. So the prodigal son, the story is so beautiful to me because when you look at the scripture, it talks about how this son asked for his inheritance from his father and he rushed it. He was not in the mature state to to handle um, the inheritance that his father gave him. But because the uh, the son, I'm sorry, because the prodigal son had a father um, and the father represented how God is towards us. Um, God does not force us um, in regards to uh, the decisions that we make. He allows us to exhibit and exercise our free will. So this young son, of course, felt that he was able to handle his inheritance. And he ended up messing up, uh, spending everything that he had and ended up eating in a pigsty. And the Bible says that he came to himself. And it says when he came to himself, he realized who he was, who his father was, what his father had and returned back to the father. Now, this is interesting because when we look at this story, the Bible says that when he returned back to his father, his father saw him from afar, ran to him, um, kissed, 
kissed him and um, gave him the best robe, gave him a ring, and gave him sandals on his feet, right? And what he then, what the father then says, actually, no, I'm sorry. The, the first thing that the son says is he says, um, take me in as one of your servants because of what he has done. And um, basically, basically he, um, I'm sorry, just got an email. Sorry, threw me off a little bit. But um, basically he says, because I have sinned, let me work as one of your servants. And when he brought his, when he brought his sin and when he brought his um, shortcomings to his father, the father doesn't even acknowledge it. But he begins to celebrate and he, I believe, tells his servants to kill the fattest calf. And he says, um, let's celebrate um, because my son was lost and now he's found. And I'm, of course, paraphrasing. But the reason why I'm saying all of this is because when it comes to people and their strugglings with specific temptations, I think we are so focused on the external result that we don't appreciate the internal result. Um and so my point is in that story is the father was just happy that the son came to himself. Like what, like the son changing and not, and let me, let me just say this. Like when you are a Christian, you are supposed to change. You are supposed to bear physical fruit. We're supposed to see it, but the fruit is not, your fruit is not your salvation. Like you being saved is not based off of your fruit. It's an indicator. That's all that it is. The fruit is just an indicator that Christ lives inside of you. Um, and so the father is happy that the fa the father was happy that the prodigal son, that he came to himself, that he repented, that he turned. This is another thing. And I'm there's another scripture that I'm about to say that proves that this is true, because a lot of people, when it comes to temptation, we have to recognize our sonship, because if we don't, then we will consistently fall in it. And we'll think that our sonship is based off of what we do and not who we are. So another scripture that aligns with what I'm saying, the Bible says, and we say this all the time, but I don't think we realize the magnitude of what we're saying. The Bible says heaven rejoices when a sinner comes to repentance. Matter of fact, let me look it up just so that way I don't misspeak. Hold up. Because I got my iPad in front of me. Hope y'all hope y'all are good over there. Okay, um, this is Luke chapter 15, verses 7. It's, uh, I believe this is Jesus speaking, actually. Um, and Luke chapter 15, verses 7, it says, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over 99 just persons which need no repentance. So, first off, this is powerful because he's saying, like, Jesus is saying that heaven is more flattered by somebody who turns and repents versus 99 people who are already saved and already know how to go about life, right, in Christ. So this supports what I was saying before because the Bible says heaven rejoices when a sinner comes to repentance. And we keep we keep forgetting, like, repentance is not, a, not simply just about your actions. It's about your mind. The word repentance, it means metaneo which means to change your mind and i know this may seem like i'm straying away from temptation but I, this all correlates with temptation and how you deal with it so repentance deals with changing your mind so what does the bible say heaven rejoices when a sinner changes their mind not 
rejoicing when a sinner changes and stops smoking and stops having sex and stops cursing. Don't get me wrong. Like when you let go of carnal activities of life, yes, God is pleased. But the joy comes from the fact that your mind has changed, that your mind is submitted to a greater way of life. And you recognize that the way that you once previously lived is an error and is a false way of living. And you choose to follow the cross. Now, we we don't. How do I put this? Our job is to partner with the Lord. Our job is to partner with the Holy Spirit. You cannot resist your temptation um by your own strength right we have been we have we have been dead in Christ we have we have become dead in Christ and and through the resurrection of Jesus Christ we are now able to experience the abundance of life we are now able to experience the resurrecting power of Jesus right and so the thing is is the same way that the holy spirit operated in Jesus is the same way that he has now free range based off of our submission and our obedience to operate in us. Now, what a lot of people don't know is um, we look at Romans chapter, uh, we look in Romans chapter 10, verse nine, I believe, where it says, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus, and that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. But the interesting part about that is a lot of people think, or a lot of people say that Jesus raised himself from the dead. And biblically, that's not accurate. The Bible actually says that the Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead. I'll give you scripture. The Bible says the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead shall quicken your mortal bodies. So the important thing about this is, right, you have to realize Jesus did not raise himself from the dead. It was Jesus's responsibility to die and the spirit of God rose him from the dead. So this is the thing. It's the same thing with us, with our salvation, right? with our surrender in Christ. It is our responsibility to bear the cross, to die to our flesh, to continuously put away wickedness, to continuously put away sinful habits, ways of the old man. But it is the Holy Spirit's job to resurrect us, right? To cause a spiritual rebirth in our heart, in a sense, right? And so the problem is when it comes to the area and the dynamic of temptation, a lot of people they consistently fail and fall because they trust in themselves, right? You have to remember, and I'm telling you right now, the word of the Lord is so important when it when with dealing with temptation, right? Uh, the Bible says, some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, but we shall remember the name of the Lord, right? For the name of the Lord is a strong tower, the righteous run in and they are safe. Now, when you look at that scripture, when it says some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, the reason why I use those specific examples is because chariots and horses were used as forms of war, right? Used as um, forms of power, forms of authority. But this is this is not spiritual authority. This is authority and power by fleshly means. And so what the scripture is saying, some trust in their fleshly means, some trust in their fleshly abilities, but we will trust in the name of our God. Right. And so the only way for you to overcome temptation is by leaning into the power of the Holy Spirit. Right. And and I want to talk about our mindset when it comes to temptation, because I think um, in order for us to really overcome temptation, we have to have the right mindset. Right. 
let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. The devil never wins when it comes to you, you know, doing a physical sin and stuff like that. It start, the battle starts off in your mind. The, the battle starts off in your mind. The war starts in your mind, right? So let's think about temptation, right? Because I believe sometimes in the body of Christ, people have been condemned because they are tempted by something. And I just want to really give some affirmation and assurance to somebody to let you know that you don't have to be condemned because you're tempted to do something that is evil and wicked. There's no there's no need for you to be condemned if you are in Christ. As a matter of fact, and I'm not going to go too deep into this because I feel like a lot of religious people would be frustrated if they really understood the depths of what I'm about to say. And not just what I'm about to say, but this is what the scripture says. The Bible says in Hebrews that Jesus was tempted in every way. Now, the powerful thing about this, right, is when you when you hear that, right, when, when you hear that, you I really want you to think about this every way that a human being has been tempted. Jesus has been tempted in the same way. I'm pausing because I feel like we don't realize the weight of that scripture. Like, I think we're very partial when it comes to temptations. I think we're very partial when it comes to specific sin struggles. I think we're very partial when it comes to, you know, different deficiencies in the flesh. I'm sure we all know that we give more grace to specific sins than others. And I think we should really repent from that kind of mindset because the Holy Spirit does not have a bias when it comes to sin because all sin is sin. All sin is wicked. All sin is evil. All sin has the ability to give birth to death, right? So, um, yeah, so Jesus was tempted in every single way as, as we were, right? So that means any, any way that you see a person being tempted, Jesus, he was, he, um, bared them to, he bared their temptation as a man, a wrapped in flesh, sinless, right? And so, um, I want us to understand that because I believe if we're not if if we come out of the idea that we are condemned because we have a desire that is contrary to the Lord, then it will it will help us to lean into the strength of the Holy Spirit. So here's an example. When I was addicted to pornography right after Christ, when I was addicted to pornography, something that um the enemy would say to me a lot was when I was tempted to watch pornography and masturbate, the enemy would say, oh, because you're tempted, you might as well just do it anyway. And I'm sure that is a reigning thought that the enemy consistently uses against the people of God. Just the idea of like, oh, your your flesh is already fighting to do it. So because your flesh is already fighting to do it, you might as well. Right. And we have to realize that we don't have to give into that, right? We have the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is self-control. But beyond that, the Bible says that we are no longer slaves, but we're sons, 
right? Slaves don't have freedom. Slaves don't have an option to say no. Slaves do what their master is told without their freedom. But we as believers, we have the freedom to say no to sin. As a matter of fact, the beautiful thing about the gospel, the Bible says Jesus condemned sin, right? But sin before Jesus came would con- would condemn those, right? And sin still does condemn those that aren't in Christ. But the beautiful thing about this is because Christ rests on the inside of us, the same power that he used to condemn sin, we now have, right? We can condemn what used to condemn us. And that's what's so powerful, right? And so I don't want you to look at your temptation as if God is, you know, looking at you like you're disgusting or looking at you as if you are not um, fit for the kingdom. Jesus was tempted. So if Jesus himself was tempted and he was the cleanest human being that ever walked on this earth, what makes you think? You know what I'm saying? The Bible says, is not the servant, is the servant greater than his master, right? So if the master, if if he himself was tempted, then, you know what I'm saying, we will be also. Now, this is the joy in it. Um, I want to read another scripture. I believe uh, it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, Let me find it. Look, I don't have all, I don't have notes or anything. I'm just flowing. Yes, Ephesians. No, I'm sorry. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 13. Now, when it comes to your temptation, right? You have to really take authority. Like the kingdom suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Like one of the ways that we can really walk upright before the Lord in the face of temptation is y'all, we cannot be playing with the devil. Like we cannot be you know, lingering with darkness and wicked wickedness and thinking that God is going to give us authority over this temptation. Authoritative people are decided people in the kingdom, right? Choose ye this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Ah, yeah. Okay. So, um, first Corinthians chapter 10 verses 13, Jesus said, no, sorry, this is not Jesus. This is Paul, but this is the Holy spirit through Paul writing. It says, uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to men. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So one of the reasons why people fail with temptation, you feel me, is because, yo, look, and, 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 and this, this, <laughs> this is the thing. Like we, we cannot trust in the flesh. I believe there's actually a scripture as well. Um, and I think it's before this, uh, first Corinthians chapter 10 verses, uh, 12. If I'm not mistaken, let me make sure. Yes. Yes. First Corinthians chapter 10 verses 12. It says, therefore, let anyone who thinks he stands tall, be careful. I mean, therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands strong be careful lest he fall. And it's very interesting to me because um, it's very interesting to me because when it comes to temptation, we swear that we got these hands like we we try to fight temptation, bro. Like when the Bible doesn't say that it says to flee like 
The Bible does not say fight youthful lust. It says flee youthful lust. You're not supposed to fight it. That's why God gave you a way of escape. Like you're not supposed to sit here and toil with temptation and be like, what's good? I got you. You're not going to get me like, no, you're supposed to follow the escape plan that the Lord has set before you. You're not supposed to fight this. You're not strong enough. This is because your flesh is weak. The flesh is wicked. No good thing dwells in the flesh. If you try to fight these things, if you try to fight this thing, bro, I'm telling you, you're going to get these hands. Look, when Joseph was when Joseph was tempted with Pharaoh's wife, what did he do? He ran, homie. It was not time for Joseph to be like, I'm a prophet. I have dreams. I'm a friend of God. God talks to me. No, bro. Temptation does not care about your mantle. Temptation does not care about your fivefold office. Temptation does not care about your rank in the Holy Ghost. Temptation doesn't care about how many years you've been saved or whether if you speak in tongues. That's not what this is. Temptation. <laughs> Look, I don't care how spiritual we are. We are still human beings and we have a flesh and we have to submit this flesh to the to to the to the plan and the will of the Holy Spirit. So this is why people fail in temptation, because they trust in themselves too much. They're trusting in horses. They're trusting in chariots. They are trusting in their fleshly means to 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 deliver them from this temptation. But the problem is temptation was created by the devil to destroy your flesh. Another another advantage point to conquer temptation. Look, fam. And I know I know. Not everybody. I know everybody's different with this kind of stuff. Okay, so I'm under. I'm, I understand that everybody comes from different backgrounds. I grew up in the Baptist church. In the Baptist church, you gonna know the Bible, whether if you are a devoted minister unto the Lord Jesus Christ, or whether if you are a consistent fornicator day in and day out. Because in the Baptist church, you gonna know that scripture. I went to Sunday school consistently. I wasn't living the scripture. I was not. You know, I just heard it. I was a man who heard the scripture and didn't do it. Praise God. But when I began to actually like live for Jesus, though, like a lot of those scriptures for real, for real, actually like came into my heart. And like I actually utilized them for power to, um, you know, overturn certain situations. But, um, yeah, the Bible says when Jesus was tempted in the in the wilderness, he would consistently respond with the enemy like. It is written, you know, um, something that the enemy loves to do when it comes to temptation. He loves to accuse the character of God. And so I think as well, like with temptation, like we have to remember God's character in the midst of it, because that will really be a form of assistance. But a greater form of assistance is the word like believing um, what God said about you is true, like there have been so many times, y'all, where I've had to call call out the scriptures that I knew so that I could be strengthened, so that I so that my faith could rise and to know that God was with me in the midst of temptation and to follow the escape route. So like an example, like when you're tempted to let's just say if you're tempted to stay depressed, right, to stay in depression, you should really look up scriptures about peace and joy and just declare that over your atmosphere like because it's those things that the it's the it's the scriptures where the atmosphere has to respond the bible says angels um hearken unto the voice of his word 
So whenever you release scriptures, even in moments of temptation, angels are assigned to carry out the word of the Lord that you have just released in your circumstance of temptation. Um, yeah. So it's important. We have to know the scriptures. Um, we have to rely on the word of God, but we also have to rely on the character of God and we have to be humble. Um, as a matter of fact, the Bible says, um, submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee. You know, uh, submit to the fact that you don't have the ability to fight this. Submit to the fact that you're not strong enough. Submit to the fact that you can't break it on your own. That without Jesus, you will be stuck in this addiction. You will be stuck in this cycle. You will be stuck in this because he's the deliverer. Bible says, whosoever called upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. There's been times, y'all, where like I didn't even have any scripture. I didn't have any um, words to say but the name of Jesus. I remember one time I was so low in my spirit, so low in my soul. And I remember um, I literally was in my room. And this is the most powerful thing. Like, it's not about your volume. It's not about your like the emotion behind the thing. It's just about how much your heart is truly aligned with what it is actually coming out of your mouth. And I remember I um I was in my room. I was praying to God and um I just said, "Jesus, help me." And I began to weep and the presence of God came in my room and it was so so thick. Like it it was it was amazing. And um God rescued me and escaped me. I mean, I'm sorry, and provided an escape way from the temptation of me falling into depression, falling into suicidal thoughts, falling into not wanting to, you know, be who I'm called to be anymore. Like it was that. And he, he encouraged me. And then another thing too, is I just want to encourage you as well. Like the more you resist temptation, the more authority you have, right? Because you can't walk. The Bible says walk in the spirit so that you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, a greater level, the greater, dimension of your the greater level that your flesh dies the greater dimension that the spirit of god is open to flow through you and in you because you have killed a part of your flesh that he is now able to occupy so like when it comes to temptation recognize as well like that there is a reward at the end of at, at there is a reward for you enduring your temptation and choosing not to respond to it, choosing not to allow it to rule you. Jesus had the temptation to walk away from the cross, but the Bible says for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. So in the midst of him being tempted and saying, I don't want to do this. He also knew that the reward for him enduring the temptation was there, right? And it would be there waiting for him on the other side. So that's another thing too. Like when, like I said, with repentance, what will help you is not just recognizing what you are, quote unquote, losing out on because we say we're losing out on something. But the stuff that we are, quote unquote, losing out on is harming us, making us look less like Christ. Like, you know, it, it wasn't helping us. We're not losing out on anything. We're losing out on our, quote unquote, fun. But that's because we don't really know what pure enjoyment actually is because we need the Holy Spirit to renew and recalibrate our mind in the way that we think. But it's not just about what you can lose or what you feel like you're losing. It's about what you're gaining. That's the difference between being sin conscious and Christ conscious. 
being sin conscious is saying, I can't do this. I can't do this versus saying, I need to look at Jesus. And in the midst of me looking at him, there's certain things that cannot remain in his presence. Lying cannot remain in the presence of Jesus. Jealousy cannot remain in the presence of Jesus. Unforgiveness and bitterness cannot remain in the presence of Jesus. When you, when, when you design your life and your actions around him, it, it, you, you won't be moving in legalism or, or um, you know, crossing, crossing off your T's and dotting your I's. But you will you will be moving off of relationship. You will be moving off of true compromise for the Lord, which which is a form of true intimacy. In all honesty, the greatest form of intimacy, the greatest form of I love you. My leader said this yesterday. The greatest form I love you to the Lord is self-denial. It's not lifting your hands and speaking in tongues because you can lift your hands and speak in tongues and not surrender. It's not singing because you can sing and not surrender. You can, there are people that read their Bible, but aren't surrendered to God. So like, and, and it's sad, but you can read it and not practice it. I've done it. So like, it, it it's about you being in a place to say, are you willing to surrender? We have to remember y'all, Jesus's love language is obedience. Jesus said, why do you, you know, th th these, these are the kind of scriptures that get me trembling in my boots, fam. This is, this is the kind of stuff that gets the fear of the Lord activated in my heart because I remember I was listening to a, a video of this guy who had a vision and he was basically saying how he was watching like, um, you know, judgment day and people who, um, you know, were cast away from the presence of God for eternity and went to hell. And somebody like, he basically said that in the vision, somebody was, you know, giving an account for their life and they called God Lord. They were like, Lord, Lord, but I did this and I did this. And, the, and he said, the Lord responded saying, why do you call me Lord if you don't do what I say? And I was like, Jesus. Like, why do you call me Lord if you don't do what I say? Why do you call me God if you don't obey me? Jesus said, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Right. Jesus said, it, ye are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Jesus said, who is my brother? Who is my sister? Who is my father? Who is my mother? They that do the will of my father in heaven. Your, your link to Christ is obedience. And I think like un, we really have to preach this, saints, because I think a lot of people think that their link to Christ is their gift. Their link to Christ is their charisma. Their link to Christ is their money. Their link to Christ is their convenience. No, like your link to Christ is your obedience. Like Jesus even said in Matthew chapter seven, they said on that great day, I love this scripture. Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not cast out many devils? Did we not prophesy? Did we not heal the sick? Did we not do all these marvelous works in your name? Jesus said, I will declare plainly to them, depart from me. I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. Why did he not know them? Because they were workers of iniquity, because they did not obey. Like that, you know what I'm saying? Obedience is the key. It's the key. And, and there's a there's a there's a level in God where you're, and I'm not saying you won't be tempted, but the Bible says he will give you an escape route that that because you are in Christ, no temptation has overtaken you. It's a lie from the enemy. Something else that the lie of the enemy will say is like, 
your flesh is so strong, just give in. Like you won't be able to, you're, it's too strong for you to overcome. And in a sense, that's true. You cannot overcome it alone. But what the devil likes to do is he tries to deceive you into, into thinking that there is no way out. And this is the thing, like he doesn't really have authority fully like that unless it is given like he can do what he can in re he can do what he can in regards to what you let him that's why in the bible god said to uh to the devil um when he was saying who could he test to see if he could love god or if he could or if, they, if the, who he could test right because the devil accused the accuser of the brethren, he accused Job of only loving God because of everything that God had given him. And God said, okay, like I'll loose you towards him, but you can't take his life though. So even in the way that the devil tormented Job was in the confines that God set, which shows that he did not have authority. God did. So like he is only able to step into specific areas in your mind and in your soul if you let him if you let him but if you take authority over your mind and you say nope like i'm gonna follow christ i'm gonna take up my cross one of my favorite prayers to pray consistently nowadays is god give me your strength i need your strength paul said it he said your strength is made perfect in my weakness when you are weak that's what i'm saying like the devil like everything he says, he's a liar. Like literally the truth is not in him. When you know your word, you'll be able to detect his lies uh, like so much easier for him to say like, oh, you're weak. Just quit. When the Bible literally says when you are weak, God is strong. When you are weak, his strength is made perfect. So, yeah, um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a end this podcast. Um, I basically just wanted to my main point was to just share and clarify like. Nobody is, nobody is less than, nobody is dirty or disgusting because of whatever specific temptation that they deal with. Christ was tempted in every single way, every way, every single way. So if you were, if you are tempted in a specific area, whatever it is, Jesus can relate to you and he has the strategy and the ability to assist you to resist the temptation and, and, and he will give you the power to do it. So, yeah, um, know the word, trust in the Holy Spirit and lean into the strength of God and you will be just fine in the midst of your temptation. I will see you all in the next episode. I hope this will bless you all. Peace. What up, y'all? I just want to say that I appreciate each and every person that decided to listen to this latest podcast episode. I hope you were blessed and I hope you enjoyed it. There is definitely more to come. If you have not followed me on Instagram, follow me at Jesse Prada at J-E-S-S-E-P-R-O-D-A. And I will see you all on the next episode. Peace.